Welcome to Good Girls Talk About Sex. I am sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey, and this is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex. If anything about the previous sentence offends you, turn back now. And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show. Hey friends, welcome back. I am so excited to be officially embarking on the third year of Good Girls Talk About Sex. I'm not sure I could have imagined this when I first started, and I'm thrilled to be here. So for today, to begin the third year, I'm going to actually take us in a time capsule back to the very beginning. Back in 2019, at the very beginning, I broadcast an episode with Dr. Eveline Dacker about the STARS method she'd created. It's an easy-to-remember acronym that helps guide you through a conversation with a current or potential partner about the kinds of experiences you want to have during sex. I refer coaching clients back to this episode frequently because it does a great job of covering the ideas behind the conversation and what it looks like in practice. In fact, I shared it with a coaching client just the other day, and this was her response after listening. Oh my God, Leah, this was so amazing. I want to just send this to every single potential partner as a starting point. It does such a good job of streamlining all of the things I've been thinking about and wondering how to implement with people. I really love this, and I'm so excited to start brainstorming some of my own answers. So that convinced me that it was time to bring this episode back around to share with you again. If you're new to the STARS conversation, welcome. If you've heard this before, I encourage you to listen again because it's likely to spark new ideas for you about things you want to talk about and how you want to talk about them. As Eveline says on the STARS website, which is maketimeforthetalk.com, Think of it as a way to check in with yourself about your needs, desires, boundaries, and any other aspects of your sexuality that are important for you and your partner to understand. It's perfectly normal that these will change over time and with different partners. In the first half of the episode, Evelyn and I dive into the theory of the STARS talk and what the pieces of it are. If you'd like to get right into it and hear the stars talk in action, jump ahead about 16 minutes to hear me having the talk with my friend Ray. I also want to give you a little peek behind the scenes into my decision making about this episode. I briefly considered recording a new demo stars conversation with my current partner to put into this episode, but I ultimately decided against it. And frankly, I never actually brought it up with him because it's important to me to preserve his privacy. I chose to make aspects of my sex life public, and he got involved with me knowing that was the case. 
In fact, it was part of our original conversation about relationship agreements. He understood that I talk openly about things that most people hold secret, and he supported that. In exchange, I asked him what boundaries he needed in place when I share so that he could feel safe and protected. Should I only share about past relationships so he didn't have any exposure? Or should I share about us, but only under certain circumstances or on certain topics? He gave me the grace of saying, I trust you, and I'm okay with you sharing whatever you feel is necessary and appropriate. I take that trust really seriously, and I try not to abuse it. When I speak about him, it's generally in terms of my own experience of our partnership without revealing specific details about him and what he's going through. When I do talk about him more specifically, it's almost always with his prior consent. You'll notice I don't use his name and you've never heard his voice because I want to give him a layer of privacy. And that's why I didn't re-record this conversation with him. My partner and I got together in spring 2018 and dated non-monogamously for several months before deciding to become monogamous. Because in truth, we had both let all of our other lovers go and were only spending time with each other anyway. So it was a very natural, organic process for us. I recorded this STARS conversation with Ray during that non-monogamous period. Ray was one of my occasional sex buddies at the time, and he remains a cherished friend to this day. Okay, so let's get into the episode. Dr. Evelyn Dacker is a board-certified integrative and holistic family physician who specializes in sexual health and consent. She was also the executive director of Sex Positive Portland from 2018 through early 2020. You'll actually be hearing more from Eveline in an upcoming episode where she answers a listener question about using antibiotics for frequent post-sex infections. Okay, let's get into it. Here is Eveline explaining the STARS method. Sex positivity means looking at sexuality as a healthy, normal expression of one's body and soul and self. It is about acknowledging that sex is one of the most powerful forces that we carry in our bodies and that it can not only help us integrate into our own bodies, but it actually helps us integrate into other people, regardless if we're sexual with them or not. It is our connection to our heart that we can use then to manifest connection and love and community and power in every single thing we do. Our society doesn't know what to do with it, so it tries to control it. And therefore, all of the ways of containment and stigma and guilt and fear that surrounds it. So I'm trying to take it out of that box and be like, we don't need society and other people to control our sexuality. If we could be better integrated within ourselves, then we are healthier in everything else we do. And that so much in medicine is about um, trying to use negative and fear to make people healthier. Like we don't talk about pleasure in terms of becoming more fully embodied as humans. 
So instead of being like, oh, so, you know, instead of being like, whoa, you know, as a child when I was sexual and I had that energy, it was comforting. It was like my comfort. It was the way that I was able to integrate my body into showing, oh, if I was upset, this is how I could make myself feel better. Some kids suck their thumb. Some kids like have to rub themselves or with a, uh, you know, a blanket because it's soft and it's sensual. Like these are all ways that we teach ourselves to take care of, of our bodies and our needs and to calm ourselves down. And so instead of saying, well, our sex is something good, we scare people out of it or it feels so big. You know, I have people who've told me nobody ever said anything bad about it, but it just made me feel really uncomfortable. It was like so big that you didn't know how to handle this emotion or this feeling that of what happens in your genitals. So if we're able to teach from the very beginning that this is something good and healthy, we might be able to be balanced in it. When I've, I, I'm a, trained in functional medicine, which is looking at the root cause of disease. And when I went to all these conferences and learned everything, they never talk about sex. Ever. Wow. Ever. So I am like, okay, we need in medicine to start addressing the sex silencing and start recognizing how powerful and important this is for people to be healthy. That's where I decided I, I appointed myself to be that person who's going to make that change. And that's what brings me to Sex Positive Portland and STARS. So I learned about the safer sex talk at one of my classes at Shebop because I went to many and I was like, you know, this is fantastic. We need to mainstream this idea. So I started talking to my patients around it and writing out all the points on like a piece of paper. And I was like, this is, they're never going to remember this, like all the various things and why it's important. And so I started playing around with the idea and came up with the acronym STARS, which I think pretty much encapsulates it as well as makes it malleable. So STAR stands for STI status, your turn-ons, your avoids, which are your boundaries, um, your relationship intentions or expectations or what you need out of a relationship, as well as your safer sex etiquette. I started this about a couple of years ago. I really wanted to have this ready for my son when he went to college. So I kind of printed stuff up and created a website so that was there for him to take to college. I'll start teaching stars. And I came up with a curriculum and started teaching this to people. And over the year, I've been teaching it for a year. Over the year, I've been able to really like dive deeper into like what each of these components are and what they mean. And stars, I think, is the gift to the world that I feel I can actually start birthing first and bringing out and uh, trying, I really want to mainstream it. I want to get it out to colleges. I, oh, it's almost again, like the younger, the better that we could start people having these conversations. Then we could start destigmatizing our, our difficulty talking with each other about sex. And I mean, everybody says this to me and I say it to myself, damn it. If I had stars, when I was like meeting David, our relationship might've been super different. I might've then been able to say, you know, and if I had the language like, Oh, I've been in non-monogamous relationships up until the time I met you. <laughs> hmm. Maybe there's something to that. You know, I, um, I'm curious sexually. I'm, and this is what I want to explore more. This is what I turns me on rather than never ever having those conversations. This is what I need to avoid to feel safe with somebody. I mean, damn it. I wish I had this years ago. So 
I don't know if I've said this to you or not. Going through stars has been a total game changer for me, as I think mm-hmm. it is for a lot of people. Um, so I've been through the class several times, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. I really enjoy being one of the small group mm-hmm. leaders because I've gotten so much out of it. But the first time I sat in that class, when they said, okay, now you're going to go into your small group and talk mm-hmm. about your turn-ons and avoids, I started sobbing. And I I couldn't speak. I thank God had a group leader who was able to sit with me through that mm-hmm. and be like, it's okay. Just keep breathing. Speak when you're ready. And he really helped to to take me through that process. But the idea of actually admitting to myself, let alone to a group of people, mm-hmm. that there were things that turned me on was beyond terrifying. Mm-hmm. And the idea that I was allowed to say there are things that I don't want to do was so mind-blowing that I couldn't even integrate what that might mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it was it was either the first or the second time that I took the class that I heard another woman say, I choose to not have men ejaculate in my mouth or on my face. Mm-hmm. And I thought, holy shit, you're allowed to say that? Mm-hmm. Like, you're allowed to have that boundary? That's not just something that's an absolute given that you're supposed to let men mm-hmm. do because mm-hmm. they want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Total game changer for me. And I've, I mean, I've now had that conversation mm-hmm. with a bunch of people and I've never once had a bad response to it. Right. I've never once had a man hey. say, yeah, if you're not going to swallow him out. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Which I think is this or this message that we get. Like, right. you only really love him if you swallow. Bullshit. <laughs> right. So I, I want to say to you, thank you. Because mm-hmm. it has just been massively life-changing for me. And I see it, like, rippling out into other right. areas of my life, too, where I'm feeling more comfortable with being like, no, this isn't working for me. Right. Let's try something different. Surely there's a way that we can come to a win-win solution. Right. You've said what each of the letters mm-hmm. stands for, but what's under each of the letters? Well, STIs, talking about STIs is really difficult for people. And it's not so much about talking about what infections they've had or currently have or what they're, what they don't have. It's more about shame, stigma, and fear. And so that's what we bring when we talk about STIs. That's, we're talking about our shame, stigma, and fear. Yet these are infections and we get all sorts of infections that are far worse, sometimes just from eating a salad, right? (laughs) So when I say, why are people so much more scared about having sex and talking about STIs than they are about eating a salad? It has to do with this. And this keeps us from being able to take care of our bodies and take care of ourselves. So if we could just first address the fact that we're scared of, you know, doing something. And then we realize, oh, if we talk about what we're doing, then we won't be so scared about it. It'll make us feel better about what we're going to engage in. So I, I like putting the STIs up first because it really makes you have to deal with your discomfort Mm -hmm. and your shame around sexual activity. Uh, And I usually start my conversations on that note because I want to see where people are and how they feel about that and then kind of deconstruct their fears around infections. 
uh, turn-ons is about what you want or what you enjoy and what you think you might want to explore with somebody or have been fantasizing about or you know it could be anything anything that turns you on whether it's really good kissing or hanging out and having a great conversation it could be anything but it makes you have to think about it it makes you have to take responsibility again for what you desire and we tend to do this really blindly and unconsciously. In fact, we tend to live life blindly and unconsciously. <laughs> so the stars talk is really about being conscious and presenting yourself authentically. Uh, avoids are your boundaries and the things that you may have discovered through life that you just don't like, like having somebody come on your face. Or they could be something that you're uncomfortable with the idea and you're not really ready to explore that. They could be a trauma that you've had in the past that you absolutely don't want to go near. And none of these things necessarily have to be cemented. I mean, you may decide that you don't want anybody to come on you and then you're in a relationship and you think, you know, I kind of want to figure out if that's really a boundary of mine or not. Or could that change if I felt safe? A lot of our boundaries are there because we don't feel safe. And again, it's about being able to verbalize, this is my boundary and this is what I need to avoid. And it's about the other person hearing that in a non-ramped up, endorphin-filled, sexy time where they can't hear it. And for people to be able to enter things again and create safety. Uh, relationship intentions it's about, well, who are you? What do you bring to the table? And what is it that you want with that person? Uh, what are your expectations with that person? What do you need from them? And this is really, really hard. It takes a lot of vulnerability to get this to this place to say, you know, I like you and I want to explore hooking up with you or being in a relationship with you or getting to know you as a friend and whatever it is you want, because you're scared that they may not want the same thing. Or they want more, they want less. But being able to put it out there, it just puts, it's like putting your cards on the table. And therefore, you don't, it minimizes projection onto the other person. And it's a foundation. And it's a scaffolding. And then you can build everything on that foundation and scaffolding. It's not a... This is the only thing I want because things always shift and change. But, but putting out like, I am a bisexual woman and I really enjoy bisexual men or I enjoy bisexual women. I enjoy people who are able to have the masculine and the feminine together. And what I want from you is to figure out if what kind of relationship will unfold or, Hey, I just want to, you know, let's just hook up and have fun and, and realize that there's nothing else that I would want or need afterward. I don't need you to check in with me and text me and I might be really busy and forget to text you. So if you need that, let me know now because then I'll make it happen. And if you don't tell me then I may not, and it's not because I don't like you. It's because, you know, I'm just a really super busy person. And then safer sex, well, it is about, you know, hey, I like using condoms. So when we get in the heat of the moment, if you can't get an erection and I say, hey, let's just try not using or every time you put on a condom, you lose your erection. We made an agreement that we're going to only use condoms. So this would mean we'll choose something else or let's have our different options. We'll use an insertable condom if you can't put on a wearable condom or, you know, but that's an important, like making that agreement and listening to it and saying, this is what it means for me to feel safe with you. Because if we break that, then I'm not going to feel safe with you. 
um, about contraception. You know, what happens if, do you know what contraception your partner's on? And what if it doesn't work out? Like, what if you're having a hookup and then you get pregnant? Because believe me, I know people that this has happened to. What are you going to feel like if your partner gets pregnant and you're a 21 year old guy and you're just hooking up? And do you feel okay about, you know, that? Or are you going to make sure that if you say beginning, look, if you get pregnant, I don't want to have a child. And if they say, no, I would want to have the kid, then maybe that's not a good idea to go forward. So these are really important conversations for everybody to have. But safer sex doesn't just mean protection about condoms and contraception. It also means what do you need to feel safe? Like for me, I don't feel safe with somebody who's intoxicated. And um, I like to let people know, even before I go on a date, that I do watch how much people are drinking. I can't help it. If somebody is pounding down the drinks while we're having dinner, I'm not going to, it's not going to go anywhere. So I might as well not have dinner with you. You know, I like two drinks is about as much as I could tolerate a person having. And that's good. Like I'm really super sensitive to that. Whereas I may not be as sensitive to someone who's smoking weed. So this is like, this is what I need to feel safe in terms of intoxicants and things that are mind altering. I also sometimes need to know that if I'm going to go home with them, do they have a roommate there? Am I going to notify my friends? Like, I'm going to let my friends know where I'm going. Am I going to just want to be limited to a public space? Like, what does my surroundings need to be for me to feel like I could have safer sex? So I need to know all of this before I even enter into something. And communicating it is is a good and healthy thing. Not to mention it can be really sexy. Totally. I mean, it totally can. (laughs) And I've done this many different ways and, you know... um, yeah, and I, I tell my patients, I'm like, why don't you try it out and just say your doctor made you how to do it. So, <laughs> write it out to so say, you know what, my doctor gave me homework and they said to do this. So. <laughs> I want to invite you to imagine for a moment what your ideal sex life looks like and feels like. Who are you with? What type of sex do you have together? How do you feel while touching them? And how does your body feel when they touch you? Or maybe you'd like to be having less sex than you're currently having. If you don't know, or if that vision of your ideal doesn't look at all like what's currently going on in your bedroom, I can help. With personalized sex and intimacy coaching, we'll explore where you are, how you got here, where you want to be, and the steps to help you get there. There are no right or wrong answers, just the answers that work for you. I understand that exploring your sexuality and all that goes with it, your body image, your belief in your lovability, and more can be terrifying. Believe me, I sat in the middle of that fire for decades. I know how painful it is. But I also stepped out the other side, stronger, more confident, and more certain of my lovability and desirability, and I want the same for you. I work with couples and one-on-one, whether you've never explored your sexual desires before, or you want to explore things you've never done before, like maybe BDSM or non-monogamy, or If you and your partner need some help figuring out how to communicate together so you can have better sex. 
I'm queer, kinky, and poly-friendly, and I want you to have a deeply fulfilling, intimate life. Together, we can help you get there. For more information and to schedule your free discovery call, visit leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. A new client recently said that before her discovery call, she was extremely nervous, but that I made the experience feel easy and comfortable. So book your free discovery call today at leahcarry.com forward slash coaching. I have asked my friend Ray to join me to do a sample stars conversation so that you can actually hear it in practice. So Ray, thank Hi. you so much for doing this with me. <laughs> <laughs> so Leah, I'm really interested in, in getting to play. I would like that too. Would, would that be okay? Yes. Oh, good. Yay. I'm all a dither now. <laughs> <laughs> But I really want to have a talk. I want to make sure that we do this consciously, right? So one of the things I'm really interested in is getting some information so we can kind of decide how we want this to progress without getting swept up in the moment when I lose my mind and kind of just fall into you and into the desire, right? I so, like that idea. So can we take a couple minutes and talk? Yes, please. Okay, good. So I'm going to start the stars thing and, and um, I'm just going to go down the list. Okay, okay great. All right. So I guess the first part is the sexually transmitted infections. I want to talk about um, my history. I served in Peace Corps a couple of years ago, and for the first time in my life, came home with an STI, and uh, was really startled by that. It was gonorrhea, and it was um, trichomiasis, and I'm kind of even embarrassed to admit that to you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd always prided myself on being really safe and being without STIs, so it really got my attention. And, um, you know, and I had been pretty religious in testing before that. And I guess, you know, was unexpected that that came up. And since then I've been pretty vigilant. Um, I get tested every six months right now. Um, I was tested back around Christmas for, um, HIV, chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, trichomiasis, and hep C. Um, I have been tested for herpes, both one and two in the last year. I'm positive for herpes one and negative for herpes two. And herpes one is the oral, oral version herpes, yeah. and herpes two is the, the genital. genital version. Okay. Most often there is some crossover, but that's what mm -hmm. stereotypically is. Um, and most people have herpes one, you know, that's probably seven or 8% of the population carries it. And so can you tell me you came home with the STI? What was the treatment protocol? Are you now negative? Yes, yes I'm now negative. Just a run of antibiotics took care of it. Oh, I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. Thank you for being transparent. Sure. So for me, I was tested um, for the full panel of STIs, chlamydia, gonorrhea, HSV, syphilis, hep, and HIV uh, about three weeks ago. Everything came back negative with the exception of syphilis, which they said they didn't have enough of a blood sample for. <laughs> And so I needed to come back in and have more blood drawn. And I haven't done that yet. I had to push to get it done because they're not real free with the herpes test unless you right. have an active infection. Right. Um, but I pushed and I got the herpes test done. And it actually, to my surprise, came back negative for both one and two. Not that I've ever had a reason to believe I have it, but I know that they're both quite prevalent. Right. And I just assumed that I would have 
come in contact with it. In terms of risk factors, um, over the last six months, I have been active with multiple sex partners and I have been sexually active with men who have sex with other men. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I have been tested since all of that, um, ended. So at this point, I think that my risk factors are pretty low. Mm -hmm. Great. Turn ons and avoids. So looking at the possibility of getting a chance to play with you, I like to move slowly, right? And I want this to be conscious. So I like playing with energy and sort of stirring the pot and seeing what we're drawn to do. I like, mm, I like everything from just basic vanilla, what we would consider regular encounter. Yeah. And I, I like playing with power play a little bit, you know, just, just the topping and bottoming and trading who's taking initiative. And, and I guess I can be pretty kinky at times, but that's something that I like to grow into. Right. Really what I'm interested with you is just getting to connect with you and just getting to feel you. So as I like to move slowly, we can play and see what feels good and what doesn't. And I'm not, I don't have an agenda. There's nothing I really need from you other than to be connected to you. Mm. Right. Mm. And, and see what comes from that. And really what works for you is what works for me. Mm. Um, the avoids. I'm not much into anal play. Giving or receiving? Receiving. Okay. Actually, I like giving. Okay. Um, my nipples are really sensitive, so I kind of want to, I need to be careful with how much attention I get there. Right. Okay. And, uh, and I really don't have many avoids outside of that. What about sort of the three biggies, piss, poop, and blood? Oh, see, I don't even go there because <laughs> I don't think of those as options. Um, absolutely not. Okay. And what about breath play? No, now that's kinky. I consider that really fully in the realm of kink. So as I talk about what I'm interested in with you at this point, that's certainly not something that I would go to. I've not done much breath play. I have some curiosity around it, but that's not something I'm drawn to. Okay. And I think that pretty much covers it. I like lots of kissing everywhere. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. I, I love knowing all of that about you. Cause for me, one of the biggest turn ons is knowing what my partner enjoys mm -hmm. so that I can do that without feeling like I'm going too far afield or wondering, is this going to be something that he or she enjoys? So thank you. Mm. Um, so for me, uh, my absolute rock bottom requirement in terms of turn ons is communication and mm -hmm. connection and respect. Mm -hmm. If I don't feel like I'm communicating well with somebody and if I don't feel like there's a really good level of connection, I'm not taking my clothes off. <laughs> period. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that we're having this conversation means that I already feel like I'm there with you. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Mm. Um, so my erogenous zones are basically my skin, <laughs> all of it. Um, and the kind of touch that I really like is um, feather light touch pretty much anywhere. And I'm actually going through this process where for a long time, my whole body was shut down and I couldn't feel much. And now various parts of my body seem to be turning on. Um, sometimes they turn on and then turn off again. <laughs> um, sometimes they come online and stay online. I don't think there's anywhere that I don't like to be touched, but the places that I particularly enjoy it are my back, 
my butt has recently come online. <laughs> um, and the top of my chest. I really like it when people touch my face because it makes me feel cared for. Mm. And that's a really sweet and lovely thing that helps me to feel safe and therefore more present and turned on. Mm-hmm. So I've done a little bit of exploration in the subby top bottom um, activities. And I definitely am enjoying that and would like to explore that a little bit more. Yay. But like you said, that has to happen in a container of already feeling safe and comfortable. So that's maybe a little bit mm-hmm. later on. I really like it when my partner makes noise and lets me know what they're enjoying and what they're not enjoying. I want you to tell me if there's something I'm doing that's not working for you so I can do something different that is working for you. And I'm not going to get bent out of shape about that. Mm -hmm. We're really on the same page with that. You know, what turns me on is you being turned on. Okay. And, you know, so I need to be connected to you and I need you to be able to communicate with me. And, and if that's not happening, then we're not happening, you know? I I share that with you. I share. Excellent. For me, a major avoid is playing with somebody who is impaired with either drugs or alcohol, mm-hmm. um, because I have a history of abuse mm-hmm. where my abuser was most often drunk. And mm-hmm. then I had another relationship that was emotionally abusive where my partner was high. Mm-hmm. Um, those are both pretty hard red lines for me. Okay. Um, it's fine with me if, you know, we go out for dinner and you have a drink with dinner. Um, but if I start to see your eyes going fuzzy, Mm -hmm. um, or I feel like you're not present in the room with me, I'm probably going to put a halt to activities for that evening. Okay. A big turnoff for me is any sort of humiliation, Mm -hmm. uh, or degradation, um, which I think is entirely separate from any sort of subby activities. I think that can happen without humiliation and degradation. I agree. Absolutely. Um, And I would like to request that you not make any comments about my body unless they are excessively positive. (laughs) Like you can tell me all you want, how much you love my curves and my flesh and all that. But if you want to, if you're thinking anything other than how much you love it, please don't verbalize it. I'm not interested in sort of the big three, (laughs) pee, scat, blood. I am not interested in breath play Uh at all. Um, I am also, for me, a hard red line is not being able to communicate. So I'm not interested in gags or anything that would impair my ability to speak. Mm -hmm. And I request that my male partners not ejaculate in my mouth or on my face. Other places are fine. Okay. And I also um, enjoy the first time I play with a new partner, getting to feel our bodies together and discover how we are together without penis and vagina penetration the first time we play. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you're comfortable with? Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you. I appreciate that. It gives us something to look forward to the second sure, time. I, I don't have an agenda with you. Excellent. I like that. Do you have any questions about anything I said? Mm-mm. No, that was pretty clear. Okay. And uh, that felt really good. Good. Yeah. So the relationship expectations. Um, I am a cis male, basically hetero. I am poly. I have a, 
um, a very full life. I am looking for friends who I can be lovers with. I want to make sure that I'm not misleading with you. I like being close to you. I love the idea of getting to play with you. I feel like it's important for me to be connected to the people that I do play with, but that doesn't mean that, that I have expectations as to where this is going. If we get to spend a night together, a, a text in the morning, knowing that you're still smiling and that we look forward to the next time that we see each other is plenty for me. So I am a bisexual cis female. I have been traditionally monogamous. Um, I never actually considered that anything was even possible um, or not morally repugnant. <laughs> and now that I'm in a community where uh, many of my friends and um, a lot of the people who I come in contact with are either poly or in open relationships or in some other configuration, I'm beginning to understand that that's actually uh, really lovely. Mm -hmm. um, not to say that all of those are healthy relationships, but they sure seem to have communication down a lot better than mm -hmm. many of the monogamous relationships mm -hmm. that I've been in. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I don't know where I fall. My Right now, I am allowing myself to go where the energy is mm -hmm. at any given moment. Mm -hmm. But I also am not looking for a relationship right now. If one were to develop with somebody, I wouldn't turn that down. But um, I'm, I'm not making promises mm -hmm. to anybody mm -hmm. or looking for anybody to make promises to me. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're having this talk because um, we can be really clear with one another what our expectations are. As far as after whatever encounter we have, um, I do enjoy communication. I am a communicator. So yeah. I probably will reach out to you by text or email and mm -hmm. I enjoy having some connection. I don't require it to be like all the time every day. Mm -hmm. We've already established that we're not becoming boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> so, um, and as far as social media, I am very private, um, on social media. So if we take pictures together, you know, if we just go out to the park, that's fine. I'm fine be having those posted and tagged. But if there's anything that, um, speaks to something more intimate, I would definitely want to be consulted before something like that were. I'm glad posted. you brought that up. That's not something that crossed my mind. Yeah. That, that's important to me. Yeah. All right. All right. So safer sex etiquette because I'm poly and I'm connected to other people being safe is really important to me. So, you know, that's how I show my self-respect and how I respect my partnerships. Mm -hmm. I'm fluid bonded with one partner currently and was with another one. I have been tested since that relationship ended. I am actually planning on being tested Wednesday. I use barrier protection for any kind of penetrative sex, but I don't use barriers for anything else. So when you say fluid bonded, that means you don't use condoms? I don't use condoms. Okay. I would expect us to use condoms if we decide that we were to progress to any kind of intercourse. Um, and that's not negotiable. Other than that, I feel pretty relaxed. 
Okay, great. So for me, um, I am actually reliant on men to use condoms um, because I have uh, tried to use most of the forms of female birth control and I become a raging lunatic bitch, <laughs> which is an effective form of birth control, <laughs> right, <funny>. but not <laughs> irony, <laughs> not the way one wants. Yeah. Um, and because I am still menstruating, um, mm-hmm. I, it's imperative to me that men use condoms. So other than condoms, my choice is to not use barriers for oral sex with men or with women, um, unless my partner is more risk averse, in which case I will certainly go with their preferences. And I do not want children. So one of the questions that's important for women who are still fertile um, to talk about is uh, children and whether we'd be willing to carry an unintended pregnancy. Um, I do not want children and I'm 44, which is considered a geriatric pregnancy. It would be very high risk. So I would not be willing to carry an unintended pregnancy. Wow. That is a really awkward place to end the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, how are you feeling after we've had this conversation? Um, a lot clearer and a little more connected. It just means that I know who you are and that I'm really glad to be able to to make our integrity first mm-hmm. as we move forward. Mm-hmm. And so I just like the practice of being connected to people before I lose my mind and jump into something without thinking it through. Yeah. And then... We don't have to be in the middle of sex brain. I don't have to say, oh, wait, wait, you can't ejaculate in my mouth and then have you feel rejected. Like that's not about you. That's just about a personal preference. Cool. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Now can we make out? (laughs) (laughs) That's it for today. Good Girls Talk About Sex is produced by me, Leah Carey, and edited by Gretchen Kilby. I have additional administrative support from Lara O'Connor and Maria Franco. Transcripts are produced by Jan Asiello. And I'm incredibly grateful for the financial support from Good Girls Talk About Sex community members at Patreon. If you'd like to support me in telling these stories and answering your questions, head over to www.patreon.com forward slash good girls talk about sex. You can find show notes and show transcripts at www.goodgirlstalk.com. To ask a question about your sex life, your desires, or anything to do with female sexuality, call and leave a message at 720-GOOD-SEX. And before we go, I want to remind you that the things you've probably heard about your sexuality are not true. You are worthy. You are desirable. You are not broken. 
I work with women just like you to reflect their true sexual nature back to them without the judgment, shame, or fear that can get in the way of us seeing it for ourselves. As a coach and PJ Party hostess, I will guide you in embracing the sexuality that is innately yours, no matter what it looks like. I'm here to help you sink so deeply into your true sexuality that the version of yourself that was scared to speak up for her own needs feels like a mirage from another lifetime. Until next time, here's to your better sex life. Oh, 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 o